As you have seen and heard, this month's worship and community theme is courage. We've learned about courage in general, how it comes from our hearts, and how we need to be together as a community and also to be individually vulnerable in order to be courageous. So we have to be together to support one another and to be vulnerable. Last week, we heard about a man, the Reverend Carlton Pearson, who was courageous enough to discard something that he had believed his entire life and that his faith required him to believe because he was presented with living human proof that his belief was wrong. And he then had the courage to begin preaching that belief. And because of that, he lost everything that had meant success to him up to that point. He lost his church. He lost his standing as a minister. He lost lots of his earthly treasure. And he then accepted other ways of being successful in his life as a minister because he was then in support of what he felt to be a deeper truth. And today I'm speaking to the courage of our convictions as Unitarian Universalist. And I want to thank two people especially for their large contributions to this service. One is Jamie Short, who is a member here, who is our office administrator. And last month, uh, when I was preparing this month's worship services, I happened to say to Jamie, who's probably over there just like dying right now because I'm saying this, but I want to say it. I said, oh, next month's theme is courage. And Jamie goes, well... What about us having the courage to speak to others about what we believe in our faith? And I was like, wow, yes, I can preach on that. Um, As the subject of Unitarian Universalist evangelism is near and dear to me and has been for decades. So thank you, Jamie. I I wouldn't have thought of that. And the other person for whom I have so much gratitude is Greg Minter. At our last Board of Trustees meeting, Greg was responsible for our opening and closing words, and he shared uh, something of his reflection that he shared with you today, his experience of inviting others to this congregation, and the wonderful excerpt from our Unitarian Universalist Pocket Guide. And I asked him to turn that into a reflection for today, and so he did, and it was wonderful. Um, clearly, I really don't need to give my sermon, um, but, I, but I will. Uh, so thank you, Jamie and Greg, for shaping this service and shaping my sermon on a topic that I do love so much. And the reason that I love this topic of our evangelism is because I love our faith. And I will get back to that later. According to a report compiled by the Unitarian Universalist Association from a variety of nationwide surveys by other groups, in 2008, 
almost 600,000 people in the United States claimed their identification specifically as Unitarian Universalist. Yet our actual membership, as of 2016, is about 155,000 adults and 45,000 children enrolled in religious education, which is a total of about 200,000 people. And this number, although we've gone up from it and down from it, is almost exactly the same number of members and children that we had in 1961 when the Unitarians and the Universalists got together to form the Unitarian Universalist Association. So you might wonder, and I might wonder, and a lot of us might wonder, where are those other 400,000 Unitarian Universalists, and why are they not present in our churches? And I am sure that there are lots of good answers to that question, but one of them that I'm confident about and that I want to focus on today is they're not here because we don't invite them. We don't invite them. And this is true even though I think we probably know from our own personal experience, and it's been validated through studies, personal invitations are the most successful way of getting folks to come visit any religious community. So why are so many of us so reluctant to invite people here? Why are we such reluctant evangelists? Evangelism is simply uh, the Greek words for good news. That's it. And if we think that we have good things happening here, why wouldn't we speak of that to others? I believe we have one of the most powerful and beautiful religious messages in the world a message that is especially suited for these times. Our message is of both spirit and reason in faith. Our message is of an open yet responsible freedom of faith. Our message is of self-governance in faith. Our message is of covenant in faith. Our message is of acceptance of all people in all their many forms and belief and characteristics in faith. Our message is love and justice in faith. Our message speaks clearly to the meaning of life and how we are to live our lives in faith. Our message literally saves lives. And I don't mean just metaphorically, because that happens. I mean literally. And on top of that, we offer salvation through our Unitarian Universalist faith. Yes, we do. And I'm going to be preaching on that in December. So I hope you will come back and listen to a sermon whose title is Salvation. Don't let that scare you off. Because <laughs> I have some words. <laughs> so all of this together is a message that should and does resonate with so many people. Including 
people who are of younger generations. Because these are messages that resonate, and I am so glad for this, with younger people. Because as a generation and generations, they're not really into hatred, dislike, or exclusion. And I love seeing that in them. So if all of this is so, where is everybody? While we do some kinds of outreach to people through several means, and I appreciate the work that we do as a, as a faith tradition and in this church, most of the people who come here still find their way to us on their own in some way. And I think that's too darn hard. And as I well remember, before the Internet, it was really hard. When I was at a congregation in Lubbock, Texas, we had a man come to us who was a lifelong uh, native of Lubbock. Uh, it's a big university town, so many people in the congregation were not local natives, but people affiliated with the university in some way or who'd come to Lubbock because of that. Terry was in his 60s then, and he said, you know... I finally, because I was so unhappy with every form of religious expression that I knew of, I went to the Texas Tech Library and started researching. And he found us by doing research. And then he was so amazed and happy that there was actually a Unitarian Universalist congregation in Lubbock, which is certainly not true for many congregations in Texas. So he was lucky, and so were we lucky, uh, because Terry was and is um, an amazing human being. And I think, you know, one of the things he said was, I went my whole life looking for y'all. Where the heck were you? And I'm like, guilty as charged. So we've been prevented, maybe, in our evangelism by lacking a certain kind of motivation for it, maybe by lacking the words and skills to do, to share our good news, and also, and I think this is really strong for us, by a fear and a concern that somehow we are not supposed to engage in evangelism. Because we think that that's what other faiths do in their efforts to claim that they are the only true religion. And we don't think that any religion, including ours, can claim to be the only true religion. And so I think we, re we resist that sharing uh, for those kinds of reasons. So all of these blocks, the lack of motivation, maybe the lack of words and skills, and that genuine concern about doing something that's kind of wrong, I think all of these blocks relate to our own search for meaning and a lack of clarity about that. Because a connection to the meaning of the faith, of our faith for our lives, a clear connection to that is, as I have said to the board and to many of you, I think it's a lot of what is missing here. A clarity about how we find meaning here. And I think it's partly maybe some of the reason for what you call the stuckness that brought you to seek developmental ministry, which is why I'm here. 
So I found a short essay at our UUA website about evangelism. Its author is not even mentioned. I assume it's someone on the UUA staff. And I want to read it to you as I think it says so much of what needs to be said uh, in support of what Greg said about evangelism in our faith. And it really, really in some way addresses each of these concerns. It's titled, A Liberal View of Evangelism. Reach in, reach down, reach out. Evangelism is about reaching out. However, before we can reach out, we have to reach in and reach down. Before we can be an inviting church that attracts and keeps visitors, we have to know who we are, what we stand for, and what we have to offer. It arises from the deepest place of our sense of what is sacred and what it means to live religiously. Evangelism is not a membership program, a set of activities, or even a set of skills. Evangelism has almost nothing to do with deciding to grow, because it's really not about that. At its core, evangelism is the natural outgrowth of our sense of religious community. And that is why making a decision to grow, ironically, has like nothing to do with growth. This is why churches that do grow often have no particular membership program. What growing churches do have is a sense of their mission and an enthusiasm that is palpable and contagious. I find Greg Mentor to be pretty darn contagious myself. (laughs) And each of you, because I know you, is pretty darn contagious in your own way. And so are the folks out there who want us. So evangelism is the natural result of a deep belief that we Unitarian Universalists have something important and precious to offer. Evangelism is founded on the beliefs that people have a need for religious community, for deep relationships, for spiritual exploration, for social involvement. None of this in a liberal church has anything to do with conversion. In a non-credal faith like ours, evangelism cannot be founded on convincing someone that we have the truth and the way, because we know we don't. Not for everyone. However, in a profound sense, evangelism for Unitarian Universalists has everything to do with salvation. A religious community is a place that can save us from the crushing triviality of consumerism, using relationships, superficiality, alienation, and isolation. Our communities are a place where we can connect with our true and authentic selves, with each other, and with our wider communities, and with our sense of the sacred. A place where we can truly find salvation, that is, being made whole, not being saved. The essay goes on, evangelism is then a religious orientation based on an eagerness to share something precious, to share our good news. Evangelism goes to the core of a church's culture and identity. A church without energy and enthusiasm cannot become evangelistic by doing some public relations, a bit of advertising, doing a better job of greeting visitors and adding programs, though all of those things can help. 
The beginning of a transition to a culture of evangelism, a culture of reaching out and sharing, is for our members to touch again the source of their connection to our faith, where each of us can answer why we are Unitarian Universalist and why being a member of our church is vital for us and what we love about our congregation. Then we are on the way to being evangelist. We can't help it. Greg can't help it. I can't help it. I know others of you can't help it. We look for those openings that people give us all the time. Good news wants and needs to be shared. And we can't share our good news until we know what it is. Something I have said to the Board of Trustees and I know to some others of you is that all that you have to do to reach the goals you have set out for your ministry and all that you have to do to be the religious community that you dream of is to fall in love with our faith all over again. I am in love with Unitarian Universalism. And I know you might think, ah, well, she has to be. She's a minister. People say stuff like this all the time to me when they occasionally catch me doing something good. Oh, well, you know, then they learn I'm a minister. It's like, oh, yes, well, of course you're a goody-two-shoes. You have to be. You're a minister. And that makes me just, ah, because it's, it's backwards. It's totally backwards. I'm a minister because of all the things that I do, that I've done my whole life. I am a minister because I love our faith so much. I don't love our faith so much because I'm a minister. I wanted, I love our faith so much that there came a point in my life when I had to dedicate my life to it. I had to. I couldn't help it. I love who we are. I love how we covenant to live together. And I love what we do in the wider world. And as we heard in Greg's reflection and this is so important from his own words and the words of Catherine Montgomery and, and Rosemary Nay McBrat. This is not just about us and our desires, our own desires to live in this sacred place of wholeness together. Even more than that, for me, it's about the others out there who need us, who are suffering in a religious context that has been painful or hurtful or inadequate for them or a religious context that they may cherish, but that they have outgrown or grown beyond in some way. People who want religious community deeply, but who in looking at other religious traditions around them in Omaha, do not find in them an adequate source of affirmation and meaning. And how in the world, if we know that such people are out there thirsting for what we have to offer, how can we leave them alone out there, suffering or lonely or feeling that there is something missing for them? The Reverend David Miller puts it this way, I woke up this morning and my first thought was, I just don't get it. I don't get any reluctance to evangelize our faith. Remember, proselytizing is different from evangelizing. Proselytizing is trying to get someone from another faith to change theirs to yours. Evangelizing is just spreading the word about your faith so others are informed and can know. 
The world is at such a perilous place. We have come so far in so many ways. But unless we take great strides in making bigger advances to help the planet, and unless we can all somehow turn the tide of fundamentalism and fear, we are in danger of a future that not only faces seven generations out, but maybe ours too. He says, that's why I don't get it. If we truly believe in the power of this faith to change lives, lives, if we truly try to practice the principles listed on our hymnal pages and websites, if we truly feel that our historical and theological lineage of love infused with reason, deeds over creeds, and a desire for a just, kinder, and more compassionate world, if we think all that is essential, why is there anyone not wanting to grow and sing Unitarian Universalism from the highest mountains and the tallest peaks. <laughs> and that is all about the meaning piece. Our belief in the power of this faith to give meaning to our lives. Our belief that our seven principles are worth living. Our belief that we have this amazing history, that we stand on the shoulders of incredible people who sacrificed so much for us, who literally loved and lived us into existence. So in order to reach out to others, we must connect with what we love and cherish about this faith. Because our conviction about that and our courage to share it, these are the only things that will keep this faith alive here in West Omaha and bring people here who choose to stay. These people are yearning for us, and they don't know we're right here, and we can't let them down. So I hope in my time here with you to walk with you to that place of meaning, to learn and remind yourselves of what this faith and community mean to us and learn to share that with others, Greg gave you some great examples. My own experience long before I was a minister is that uh, if you listen for those cues and keys as Greg did, people were always opening up to me about their need for a place of meaning. I never have to do it. I mean, I wasn't going around knocking on doors saying, have you heard about Unitarian Universalism? <laughs> I evangelized um, a person online at Land's Inn catalog store. I evangelized a woman on the platform of a BART station in Walnut Creek, California, and I didn't have to even open the doors. They opened them to me. So I hope that together we can learn again what this faith and community mean to us and how to share that with others, because both of these truly are our religious duty. As Edward Shemp says, Unitarian Universalism is faith in people, hope for tomorrow's child, confidence in a continuity that spans all time. It looks not to a perfect heaven, but toward a good earth. It is respectful of the past, but not limited to it. It is trust in growing and a conspiracy with change. It is a spiritual responsibility 
for a moral tomorrow. So may it be, blessed be.